Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. As always, I know y'all have other things you could do, so I will try and use your time wisely. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, to help it to grow, tell others about it. For those of y'all that leave kind comments on social media and other places, and for those of y'all that financially support the podcast over on Patreon, I'm incredibly grateful and humbled. Uh, so thank you so much. Not a lot uh, going on. Uh, the grass is growing at a exponential rate, and so we're falling farther and farther behind in the mowing. <laughs> but that will come to a screeching halt when summer is finally in full force. We've gotten a little bit more rain, which helps the garden, helps the land, so that's good. Fills the tanks up. And I think that's really about it. Nothing too exciting. Went and took the youngest, the pup, down to the tank again, and that was a good time. So, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the people that listen to and share the podcast. Thank you for time to try and turn our country around that you're giving us. Thank you for those that have come before us, the lessons that you have taught us the commands that you've given us to try and help us make our way through this life. For all the bounty and blessings that you've bestowed upon us individually and as a nation, forgive us our sins, our greed, our selfishness, our pride, our arrogance, judgment of others, our support of sexual deviancy, our support of abortion and murdering our own fellow citizens, our own children, our rejection of you and the commands that you've given us, Lord. Help us to overcome them all. Help us to do your will. Guide our leaders from the president and vice president on down. Guide those in the military and law enforcement those that protect us, bring them home safe to their families. And God, my words, Lord, your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to, we talked about this, started this a few days ago, uh, defense of freedom. And we had read a few quotes so we're going to go back and read a little bit more here. I'm sure this one y'all may be familiar with, some of you. This nation will remain the land of the free only so long as it is the home of the brave. One of those little, that was by 
Elmer Davis. One of those little tidbits, you know, we get to thinking that freedom is free, that we don't have to defend it or keep up with it, maintain it, that we can just enjoy it and let others worry about defending it. And that just couldn't be farther from the truth. I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country, Nathan Hale. This was the story, if you remember, during the Revolutionary War, I think. Hale or Hall, I can't ever remember how to pronounce it, sadly, was caught as a spy and hung. And that was his, legend has it, that that was his response at the end. Uh, To have that kind of bravery would be pretty impressive indeed. Uh, That kind of dedication to country. A man who won't die for something is not fit to live. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, And we may be fast approaching the point where we figure out how much we're really willing to sacrifice, folks. Are we really, really willing to trade our lives for freedom? Uh, Especially when some of our own countrymen say that we're we're the problem, that we're the enemy. Of course, those are the same people that say that America is the problem, so that ought to give you some confidence. You know, if you're, to a certain degree, I think there's a lot of truth. If you're being attacked and you're doing the best you can to follow the principles of Christ and you're being attacked, that's a pretty good indicator that you're doing the right thing. We used to have a preacher, probably one of the best preachers that I've known. And he said, if you are living your life and you're not suffering any kind of hardship or any kind of discomfort, pain, no problems, if your life is just going along perfectly uh, as a Christian, then he said, I, I question whether you're really really following Jesus Christ at all. Uh, And since our country is based on the principles of Christ, uh, if we're we're sadly today, because Americans are not all, we've gotten to the point of another civil war, so we're not all on the same page. We don't have that core set of values like President Coolidge talked about anymore. We have uh, a large chunk of Americans now that despise the country and reject the founding faith and principles of our country. But so if you're as, uh, I think it was, it was either Sam Adams or Patrick Henry, I can't remember right now, but they talked about this, you know, if you're being attacked, if you are being censored, if you're being, uh, well, my vocabulary has failed me, but the the bottom line is if they're coming after you, these people, these American citizens that despise our country, that claim that we're a completely secular nation, that are pro-abortion, pro-feminist, you know, I really ought to say pro-death, pro-murdering babies, pro uh, 
feminist, pro LGBTQ, pro socialism, pro communism, Marxism, Leninism, Maoism, right? All these things. If they're the ones attacking you, then you can be pretty sure you're doing a pretty good job. So when the left is coming after you, and, and folks, they say some, <laughs> I've already started just in my short time doing this for a couple of years, I've gotten some pretty nasty comments. And it's from people that openly support the left. And so that tells me that I'm doing something right. Uh, and it should you too. It's not going to be simple. You're not going to just go through life and stand up for the truth and stand up for what's right and not have any problems. The liberties of our country, the freedom of our civil constitution, are worth defending at all hazards. And it is our duty to defend them against all attacks. We have received them as a fair inheritance from our worthy ancestors. They purchased them for us with toil and danger and expense of treasure and blood and transmitted them to us with care and diligence. It will bring an everlasting mark of infamy on the present generation, enlightened as it is, if we should suffer them to be wrested from us by violence without a struggle or to be cheated out of them by the artifices of false and designing men. I mean, that could absolutely be written today, folks. Uh, that was Sam Adams, one of our leading founding fathers. Uh, but that's absolutely true today. If we go down without a fight, if we go down the path of Maoism, of socialism, communism, Nazism, fascism, right, leftism, without a fight, uh, we're going to be the generation that lost America, and history will forever condemn us for losing this great nation that God has given us. Uh, we're already, uh, and I mean, history is going to look back on this last hundred years as either the the decline and fall of America, or at the very least, uh, one of the darker periods where we slaughtered almost. 65 million now, give or take, not quite there, of our own citizens, the most innocent and vulnerable, where we promoted every kind of horrific mutilation and sexual deviancy in not only adults, but in our children, where we rejected truth, rejected science, rejected God, rejected the foundation of this great nation that made us the greatest nation on earth. We're already there right now. Uh, the question is, can we pull ourselves out of it by turning back to God? You know, there's a Old Testament verse that my father actually sent to me this morning, shockingly, but it fits really well, if I can find it. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. You know, there's going to be a price to pay for all this evil that we've already done. All these things I just ran through from uh, rejection of God, abortion, feminism, LGBTQ relationships, socialism, communism, identity politics, critical race theory, illegal immigration. There's going to be a price to pay, even if we fix it, folks. Uh, we can't just go on and pretend it's like it's like the lunacy of debt forgiveness, right? That's you're not forgiving debt of students. You're stealing money from some people to to pay for others. But 
what's going to happen is then you, you lessen the incentive for people to go out and actually do the work on their own, get the job on their own, get the education on their own. They're just waiting on the government to steal money from somebody to give it to somebody else. And so, and so then you have less job opportunities. The economy gets worse. The, the market, whatever you want to call it, starts, the country starts to collapse. And so, you know, there's no, there's no, forgiveness without paying the consequences here on earth you get forgiveness and you get eternal forgiveness through jesus christ but there's always like if you if you cheat on your spouse your spouse can forgive you absolutely forgive you but there's there's consequences folks and we're foolish to think otherwise the, the bible absolutely never talking to christians and just anybody in general you can be forgiven sins. You can be forgiven something even as horrible as that. But it's going to put stress on your marriage and your relationship. There's going to be a seed of doubt that's sown uh, that's there for a while. And maybe that seed of doubt will eventually go away. But for a while, you're you're going to have consequences. There's going to be problems. You're not just going to jump magically into this period of a great marriage. And, and you see that in the country. Even if we repair this divide, there's been so much damage done. It's not going to be quick. It's not going to be overnight. Uh, and there's probably a fight coming still, folks, because here's the deal. God's been tapping us on the shoulder for a while in a number of ways. Uh, it seems hard to argue against that based on the actions. You know, COVID, I think, was a really great moment of God tapping us on the shoulder saying, hey, wake up. I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to trying to get your attention so that you turn back to me. You know, you saw so many people searching for answers during that time, kind of like right after 9-11. But then we get back to quote unquote normal and we go, oh, well, we're good. We're good. We don't need any more God. Thanks. Appreciate you uh, showing up real quick there and we can take it from here. Just the arrogance, you know, Benjamin Franklin talked about that. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, the supposedly great atheist or agnostic at best, who just wanted God completely out of our uh, republic, the founding of our country, according to comments that I get online all the time. Yet he was the one that called for prayer when the Constitutional Convention was falling apart. And one of his comments, when you actually go back and read his comments, instead of the people that, that don't have a clue what they're talking about today and just like to spout stuff up, uh, he, he talks specifically about you know, have we grown so arrogant? We needed God in the war. We turned to God in the Revolutionary War. We looked to him. This body turned to him every day. And now we don't. Why? Have we become so arrogant, so conceited, so vain that we assume that we don't need him anymore? Right? Yeah, that's that's the comment just as a little buy. I, I've gotten attacked quite a bit this week on uh, separation of church and state. And and it gets old, folks, and that's why I say on here sometimes, I hate to keep beating the dead horse, but the horse isn't dead. There's so many people that, that think that separation of church and state is in the Constitution or the Declaration or one of our founding, and it's not at all. And when you go read Jefferson's letter, it means the exact opposite of what they're trying to say today. Separation of church and state was first written by a pastor, and, and, and then Jefferson used that one line in his letter to a Danbury Baptist preacher. And what he meant was, we're not going to pick a state religion. We're not going to pick one of the denominations. We're not going to pick Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or whatever it was, you know, 
Congregationalist at the time. We're not going to pick one of those and make that the state religion. It didn't at all mean that they wanted God out of the state, faith out of the state. In fact, luckily, I managed to get this quote for today. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 3.17 talks about where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So we want freedom, we want liberty, we want to defend it, like Martin Luther King and Davis and Sam Adams and these people were talking about. Uh, and there's a price to pay. You know, it may cost our lives, it may cost our fortunes, it may cost uh, everything we have to give. Uh, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom, right? And so Jefferson was commenting on the state-controlled church, Right? on when, like in Britain, when the state controlled the church, and this was his comment, right? The Christian religion, when divested of the rags in which they, the clergy, the state-controlled clergy, have enveloped it and brought to the original purity and simplicity of its benevolent institutor, is a religion of all others most friendly to liberty, science, and the freest expression of the human mind. So, again, Jefferson, this guy that supposedly despised Christianity and didn't want anything to do with it at all or in the country that supposedly, you know, this, this country is supposed to be based on freedom and liberty, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and Jefferson wrote those words and he wrote these too, but he's, he's supposed to want Christianity completely away. But he says, when you bring it back to its original purity and simplicity to Jesus Christ, it is the most friendly religion to liberty, science, and the freest expression of the human mind. And, and that goes back to uh, the quote whose my brain just completely, uh, Patrick Henry, right? And he talked about the fact that this country wasn't founded by religionists. It wasn't founded on religion. It was founded by Christians on Christianity. And that's the very reason that people of other faiths were allowed to come here. I talk about this so often. It's such an important point that seems lost on so many today, particularly on the left. But even people on the right don't really seem to grasp you don't have to be a Christian in order to be an American. We have freedom of religion, freedom of worship here. But what our founders explicitly knew, the other side of that coin was, if you didn't have the vast, overwhelming majority of Americans who were Christian, who followed the principles of Christ, right? And the first two principles of Christ, the greatest commandments, you go back and you read the Gospels, are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the greatest two. Everything else hangs on that, he says. Everything else in the prophets and the law, right? And our law was based, as uh, Truman, President Truman said, and FDR, I believe, our laws, constitutions, all of that is based on the Bible, on the teachings found therein, Christ's teachings. And so you, I got all taken down this rabbit hole. My father would say listening to the sound of my own voice. Uh, but the, the point is what Henry, there we go, what he was trying to get across is you can't have freedom of worship without a Christian nation. You cannot have the ability to choose whether you want to serve God or a fake God like Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism or Mother Natureism or no God like an atheist. You cannot have that freedom. And history and the world shows us to be this is, this is true. It's absolutely true. If you don't have a Christian nation, you don't have that freedom. If you are in a Muslim nation, you're going to be a Muslim, or you're going to be rated a second-class citizen at best. 
if you were in a communist socialist country, you are not going to be given freedom of worship, period. You see that in China. You see that with the Muslims and how they persecute them. You see that with the Christians and how they persecute them, right? The only place, the only place, and you get, you get real close with Israel, right? Because it is based on the values in the Bible. But the only place you're going to get that freedom of worship is a Christian nation, which is what we were born as. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.